and welcome to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. I'm your host, Lori LeBay, and I'm so excited that you're joining us today. We are going to have a fascinating conversation, as usual, as we learn from people all around the world at all ages and stages of life. Stay tuned as we shift our dementia care from crisis to comfort. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome to Alzheimer's Speaks. I'm Lori LeBay, and I'll be your host today. And I am thrilled you can join us here on Alzheimer's Speaks. We always try to raise the voice of people around the world at all ages and stages because we can't make sustainable change without that. And today we're going to be talking with a group about how to find and develop connections through reminiscing. But before I introduce you to the group, I always like to give a shout out to a couple support groups I do and to invite you in. One is Arthur's Memory Cafe. We meet the second and fourth Wednesday of each month uh, from about one to two o'clock, or I'm sorry, from about one to three o'clock central time. And that is virtual. And then the Caregiver Connect program, which meets in person in the Shoreview Community Center here in Minnesota. And we meet the last Wednesday of the month from 10 to 11.30. We also offer respite uh, for those that are appropriate uh, for group activities for people living with dementia as well. If you're interested in either one of those, uh, you can contact me at Lori at alzheimerspeaks.com and Lori is L-O-R-I. Uh, you might also be interested in participating in Dementia Chats, which is a panel of true experts of those diagnosed or Dementia in the Arts, which features people living with dementia and their artwork and all varieties of art are welcome. Again, just reach out to me at Lori at alzheimerspeaks.com would also encourage you to visit our website. And when you go to alzheimerspeaks.com, just click on the free educational resources. Uh, you will also find information on Dementia Map there, which is our global resource directory. And there is also a book tab for our book, Betty the Bald Chicken, Lessons in How to Care. It's, it's written as a children's book, but it's great for all ages. Our feedback has been wonderful and it is not dementia specific. So it can be used for bullying and divorce and chronic illness and addictions and all kinds of things. Uh, so please go ahead and check those out. And let's go ahead and introduce you to our guest today. I know you're going to enjoy this conversation. Well, ladies, I am so excited to have you join us today. Um, just been on the calendar for a while and we've, we've had to, you know, um, kind of go with the flow, just like we do with dementia when things pop up. <laughs> Sometimes after have to reschedule yeah. things and reprioritize. So yeah. I'm going to have each one of these ladies introduce themselves because they can do a much better job than I can. And Lori, you want to start, please? Sure. My name is Lori Yauk, and I'm a speech pathologist with 32 years experience in the field. Um, and 22 of those have been spent as a clinician and author specializing in dementia care. I have been an independent contractor to long-term care centers, assisted living centers, outpatient centers, and private practices. In fact, I met Allison in long-term 
care. <laughs> I'm at Dorothy in assisted living. So you meet all kinds of people and you find that you know care is needed and you find your niche. And I really found my niche in dementia care. And although I love my job, my passion really is my, <clears throat> excuse me, my website, MeaningfulMemoryMaker.com. And there I publish books, videos, books and videos for families and caregivers who want to bridge the gap in communication and find ways to reminisce and communicate in a much easier and friendly manner. We all need friendly. <laughs> and, <laughs> yes, and yes. Fast. Dementia oh, care needs to be friendly. That's right. Got to be fluid. Um, Dorothy, mm -hmm. you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? My name is Dorothy Ardern, and I was a caregiver for my mom who had dementia for several years. Um, I took care of her at home as long as I could, and then she went to assisted living, which turned out to be a a really good thing because that's where I met Lori who <laughs> who um told me all about the books that she did but we can you know talk about that later but I really it, it made my mom's journey I think a lot easier to have um books to remind her of family and friends and um that that's just about it. I'm so glad I met Lori because it meant a lot to my mom to have the books that Lori made. Well, and it's Thank nice you. for you to mention that because, you know, there's a lot of families that hear about things, but they don't try them. And you know, so I had never even, I never knew that such a thing as this even existed. If I hadn't seen Lori, I wouldn't have known that there are things like this. And it was a great benefit for my mom. Yeah. So your mom is thankful for both of you. <laughs> oh, yes. As yes. Of that, well, I've got the books right here now. <laughs> Wonderful. So, Thank yeah. you. Allison, you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Sure. Yes. I, I'm a speech language pathologist in the Gulf Coast area of Florida. So I've been, I've been in the field for 14 years and working exclusively with the adult aging population. When I went back to school, I, I was a career changer. When I went back to school to do this, I knew I wanted to work with adults. Um, and, and I've just seen that the gains that we make with this population, they're really, they're geared towards independence. That's, that's why I've always wanted to work with them. Wonderful. I'm going to ask each of you if you've been personally touched by dementia in your own family or circle of friends. And Allison, I'm going to start with you. Well, I would say most of my experience with dementia has been just in my work in the long-term care setting um, where, you know, I've, I've found it really rewarding to just to see the changes that we can make in, in the dementia patients' lives, uh, to see the improvements in their daily functioning. I, I found that rewarding in a way that my prior office-type job <laughs> wasn't, wasn't rewarding, which is what brought me to speech pathology. Um, as far as, like, personally being touched by dementia, not my family, my husband's family, had, he's had some relatives that, uh, that had dementia. So... You know, I had I had a bit of experience with them before they left us. Okay, great. Thank you. 
And Dorothy, do you mind telling us a little bit more about your scenario with your mom? And if you've been touched by others in your, in your family as well? Um, yes. Um, my, um, my aunt, I, my mother's older sister had Alzheimer's disease. So and we kind of saw exactly what happened, you know, when, when it happens in the family, when they start losing memory and that. So um, that, that was one other person that I know of in my family, yes. Um, but with my mom, it was a very slow progression because really she was in her mid-90s before she started. She was wow. part of the greatest generation, and she was very independent, very strong lady. So when it happened, I knew she was, you know, fighting it with everything she had. So, but um, she did very well. It wasn't until, you know, she was, gosh, close to 98, 99 years old when she passed. But um, but that's when she started really forgetting people, forgetting names. And when I had the books, she could look at the pictures and it was almost like it would spark a little bit of recall for her. And um, it helped, I think, to have those. My mom carried the book, obviously, that she must have taken it with her everywhere because it is, <laughs> it's very, very, you, know, you can see that it's kind of crumpled and edges have been dog-eared in that for favorite pages. I'm unsure what else to say because she was, was doing quite well, really, but that was, um, it, it was a big help to have this set up because it's not like looking at a scrapbook the way Lori did it. It is more like a story of, you know, a life history and so she could go in and read it and it had, you know, all of the names and stories behind the pictures in the book. So I know my mom loved it. She had it with her everywhere. And I can tell by the condition that she had it with her. <laughs> oh, Fantastic. Thank you that, for sharing. That does my heart so good. Lori, how about you? Were you personally touched in your own family and friends by dementia? Actually, yes. Um, when I was a teenager, my grandparents came to live with us because my grandfather was experiencing memory changes and wandering and things like that. And at that time, we had no name for it, didn't understand it, had no name for it, and really didn't know what to do. So he lived with us for a little while. And when he wandered too much, forgot too much and my grandmother couldn't assist because she herself was ill and my mother was raising four children and we couldn't take care of him the way that we we wanted to he went into a long-term care facility and passed away two weeks later after that my grandmother came to live with us and she was a very very sad and very very angry lady she was angry that her husband had been taken away. She was angry that the independence that she had in her own home had been taken, taken away and took a lot of her frustration and anger out on all, on all of us. My mother, my sisters, my brothers, and myself, which was not pleasant, but we, and we tried to understand. And by the time I got to college and grad school, I said to my mother, you know, if we knew then, 
what I know now <laughs> about dementia and grief and dementia care, we would have been a lot happier family. And my <laughs> and my grandmother would have been able to deal with my grandfather a lot better and we would have been a happier family. <laughs> so, um, and that was one of the, that may not have been the initial reason that I went into speech pathology and dementia care, but it certainly informed um, my curiosity. Well, thank you. Um, Lori, can you tell us a little bit about your approach to dementia care and how your products reflect that approach <laughs> and that philosophy for people to implement? Well, I believe in reminiscence as a bridge to dementia care. I believe that every life has a story worth sharing and worth telling. And we know that a lot of where memory sits for, for folks with dementia is in long term. So I also believe that we need to go where those folks are. We need, we need to find where they are and we need to go to them rather than them coming to us. <laughs> so that's um, really where a lot of the products started. <laughs> the about books came that Dorothy has, has mentioned came about from a friend of mine whose mother was in long-term care and she was going through some changes, some communication changes and having difficulty getting her needs met. So she want, so my friend wanted her mother to have some tool that would allow her caregivers to know her needs and wants and her likes and dislikes so that her caregivers could have, um, could be more efficient in the care that they gave. So that's where the about books came from. And when my friend came to me, I said, I can help you put something together that not only will allow your mom to get her needs met, but let's put some pictures in and let's tell a story. Let's tell the story of her life so that this person so that this person who's being taken care of is not just the lady in 103A. She she is she is Dorothy. She is Gloria. She is, she is Virginia. And she has a, she had a life, she has a life and she has a lovely story to tell. So that's where the about books came from. And I'm really, really proud of the way that they have been received and used because again, this is a tool that people can use to, to share their life when they may may no longer be able to express their story. Well, that's the about books. How is that different from the personal history books that you do? Well, the personal history books came out of um, an idea when I, I was looking for some pictures to put together for a memorial service for my mother. My brother got down about 10 out of maybe 20 or 30 books that we had. And my my family is going through all of these all of these books and trying to pick out the best pictures to showcase her life story and my and i got to thinking wouldn't it be great if we if we picked out 50 to 100 of our favorite photos 
and we put them into a book and the, and we told the life story of the family. So the personal history book is more a story of not just one person, it's the life and growth of a family. So that's where that came from. And I think Dorothy can talk a little bit about that too, because I made one for her family. <laughs> we'll get to Dorothy in a minute. I also wanted to ask you about your video greetings. What is that? Oh, the video greeting. Well, that came out of the pandemic. <laughs> I was, um, I, it was gift giving time. It was my brother's birthday and I wanted to get him something. And my brother said, no, don't get, get me anything because I don't need anything. It's the pandemic. And so I sat down and I thought, well, I have to give him something. <laughs> so I sat down and I started looking through some digital pictures. I started looking through from some photo albums and I thought, wouldn't it be great to put a happy birthday video together? <laughs> so I did and he loved it. <laughs> the way I know that people love it is that they cry. <laughs> they cry because it's very, because it's beautiful. <laughs> And so I appreciated that. And then I said, and then after that, I sent one to, to my eldest brother. And then after that, I sent one to my niece. And my sister said to me, this is so cool. <laughs> Why don't you put it on your website? Because other people will want to, will want to have a video greeting for any occasion, for birthdays, for holidays, for anniversaries, for memorial events. So I decided to do that. And so what I ask for when I have people do it for me is 35 to 50 pictures and tell me what your favorite piece of music is. And I'll put it together in such a way that it, again, tells your story in a different way. Maybe not chronologically, but a way that reflects your life. That's really cool. I wanted to also ask you about what inspired you to do the movies and music project itself and, and how is that unique? Oh my goodness, movies and music. That came out of working in long-term care with a, a friend of mine. Her, her name was Angie and she was an activity director. And um, she used to do Friday movie group and we got together and did Friday movie group together for a little while. And it came to pass that she said to me one day, why don't you start picking out the movies? You're a movie buff. And, and it's true. I'm a very big classic movie music buff. I love anything from Gene Kelly or Fred Astaire. I could spend hours and days talking to you about both of those people and just about all kinds of movies. And so she said, why don't you start picking the movies? So I picked a couple of my favorite movie musicals. We gathered some people around the DVD player. And one of the unique things I did is rather than just put the DVD in and say, and go and just sit and watch them watch the movie. I started to ask questions. I started to pause the DVD. I started to ask questions about what the what the folks were seeing and what was going on in the movie or how did a particular scene in the movie relate to their personal history or what or when we got to our favorite song, 
like everybody knows Easter bonnet from from Easter parade. So whenever we got to our favorite song, everybody would sing. And it was just a really interesting, engaging activity. So no longer was, was were movies just a sedentary event. They were actually an interactive event that promoted communication, memory, singing, and all those things that you want to address with the dementia population. And it was just a great, great activity, and it was a lot of fun. And by this time, I'd been working in long-term care for about, oh, 22, 15 to 22 years, and I was getting really frustrated with my job. I loved my job, but I but I was getting frustrated with the way things worked, <laughs> as we often do when we work for other people. And I thought, I'm either going to have to leave my job or I'm going to have to change it. So when I changed, so when I changed it by introducing these movies with my friend, it it my job became more and more fun. And I looked forward to every Friday. <laughs> it was just a great, great time. Everybody was singing and laughing and having a great time. But what happened was if I wasn't there, my friend Angie didn't do the didn't do the group. And I asked her why. And she said, because I don't know what to say. <laughs> I don't know what to ask. I don't know what scenes to show. And and I don't know what to do. So I thought, what if I wrote it down? What if I picked 12 movies that everybody knows? And I wrote the and I wrote some information, some background information about the film. And then I wrote some questions to ask for each particular scene that I chose to show. And I always pick the most famous scenes because they're the most recognizable. And the most famous songs, because they're the most singable. And that way, anybody could do it. And if I could do it, and I wrote it down, and anybody could do it, we could just spread a whole bunch of joy to everybody. And it'd be a great, great time and an easy activity to do. And so that's where that came from. Okay. So no, I have a question on that because, you know, nowadays, I mean, we have a lot of younger people that might not know some of the old classics. Mm -hmm. So how does that work if they're not familiar with the song? Does the group just kind of pick up and, and carry them? Because I guess it, when I think of my mom being in long-term care, I mean, they, if, I, if, if I said, let's sing, I wouldn't have to sing. Because they would know the tunes, and there were always a few in there that knew right, right. from beginning to end. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-494-8310. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-494-8310. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-494-8310. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states.
Well, Allison, do you want to talk about that since you've done the group? Sure. Well, I mean, if you if you're asking about younger generation that isn't familiar with the songs, that hasn't been my experience, I have to say, because I've I've done the group I've used uh, and I have my my movies and music with me today. Um, I've used it just with aging adults in the long term care. And so they are familiar with the music. And, you know, it, it the book when I've done groups using it has been really just a great activity. Um, sometimes therapeutic activities aren't ones that the residents you're working with are looking forward to, or, or maybe they're difficult for them. Um, using this book and the movies and the type of questions that Lori has in there, it creates an activity that they're enjoying. It engages them. Uh, it definitely, it elicits communication. And, and like Lori was saying, all the things you want to work on, right? Singing and, and communication as well. You can address problem solving and sequencing, things like that. Um, and, you know, it. she has it split up into months, which is a really nice feature too. Um, so the end of the year is like the close of the book, right? And <laughs> December, December, it's white Christmas. And so there are questions in there that that make the movies relatable to family experiences. Um, there, there's just so much reminiscence that can come out of all the questions that she has in the book. For the music, are the lyrics in there too? No, they're not. Um, when I when I set when I set up the book and I tell you what seems to show and where to start and stop the the video, um, I tell you uh, I tell you a line to stop at. If you're not paying attention to the DVD counter, which many people don't, I tell you what line to stop at. But the songs are so familiar that you don't really need the lyrics. Everybody knows the the lyrics to Easter Bonnet. Everybody knows the lyrics to White Christmas. Everybody knows the lyrics to, oh, let's see, um, oh, what a beautiful morning. So it so it doesn't it didn't really seem to me that I needed to include them. And plus because it's sing along, you're singing along with the the DVD. You're singing along with the person who's singing in the movie. Gotcha. So I'm I'm identifying a problem that doesn't exist. So that's a that's a good thing. You know, you you guys know your markets. One other thing that's interesting, Lori, when you when you mentioned about um, you know, what if people aren't familiar with the films? Mm -hmm. Someone mentioned to me not not long ago that um, you know, some of the some of the people who who would most benefit from these films are the older generation and that older generation is getting older and what happens when there, there isn't one. And the way I feel about that is I feel like the classic movie musical is no different. Introducing a classic movie musical really is no different than introducing classic literature to the next generation. You never say that you know, classic literature is out of style. <laughs> so it's just a matter of introducing it to the next generation. Very true. In fact, I had my um, granddaughter who's 13. We were going to watch um, movies and we were kind of boating with the kids on what we're going to watch. And she said, my favorite movie is White Christmas. And I'm thinking, mm -hmm. 
oh my gosh, you know, I, that was just a shocker to me. And she yeah. was like, nope, that's my favorite. I'd like to watch that one. That was her vote. Excellent. And so, yeah. And I'm sure we watched it together before, but for it to kind of stick in her craw and, yeah. you know, and then movies yeah. are so accessible now yeah. compared to what they used to be. But again, when you're dealing with people with dementia, it's nice to have that direction in terms of, of what to do and when to do it. Just like yeah. we were talking with, um, the activities person who was like, well, I didn't do it because I don't know. I don't know what you do and you do it beautifully. So we'll just yeah, exactly. come back. You know, you know, exactly. Like, and, you know, it didn't, it didn't really occur to me till she said that, that I should write it down because I knew, I know those movies. Those, these are movies that I grew up with. These are movies that I love and I know these movies and I know what to ask and I know what to do. And it just didn't occur to me that, everybody would know that. <laughs> so that was the impetus for writing it down. And once I wrote it down, more people were interested and more people did it. And it's just, it's very gratifying to me that, that other clinicians enjoyed as much as I do. Wonderful. Allison, when, when you worked with people with the movies and music, is there a favorite story or two of a reaction from, from some of the participants that you'd like to share? Definitely. I can, I can think of people really, really enjoying these movies, right? Because as I was saying, very different from other therapeutic materials, <laughs> being able to watch a movie. So, you know, singing in the rain, I, I can just picture a group that watching this with me and, and people humming along and, and nodding their heads, right? And, and definitely some people that maybe you didn't hear speaking, normally, or, or you heard nothing from them, and they weren't very engaged with those around them. And the music and the movie just unlocks that. And suddenly they're, they're participating and they're, and they're humming and they're singing. So that's, that's definitely a memory, you know, we're using these materials made all the difference. Oh, and I can see that. I know we did some um, videos of my mom when she was in her later stages and I have, I don't know, probably nine little short little videos on my YouTube channel. And she does. She just comes alive. Couldn't really speak. We were going to do it for an hour. She only lasted half an hour and she would doze off. But then she would, at certain lines, she would just perk right up or she would giggle or her toes would start going or her hands would start clapping or, you know, whatever it was. But you could just, the joy in her face was undeniable that she was connected with that. And there's nothing more beautiful than to be able to see that in a loved one or a client, because we don't see that as often as we'd like, especially as the disease progresses. But right. there are ways to right. be able to pull that out, but people need to learn how to do that and what tools can help them like this. So thank you, Allison, for sharing that. Yeah, I, you know, I just want to add, so being able to bring that level of engagement, it's a comfort uh, to those who are experiencing dementia. It's a great comfort to them. It's a validation for them. You know, it's such value. And it's a value to all of us around it, the witness it too. I mean, you kind of see that ripple effect in the room, especially when you, you know, you had mentioned somebody who normally doesn't engage and all of a sudden right. is everybody kind of turns and is like, wow, you know, it's, it's like, magic, you know? yeah. 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 wow, they, they still do that or they, yeah. they can still do that. Yeah. yeah. It's like you got fairy dust in your pocket. You're spinning <laughs> around, you know? Yeah. 
It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, for, for people who are just tuning in right now, we are talking with a, a group of people regarding meaningful memory maker. And it's just been a fascinating conversation. We're going to continue that. But I just wanted to give you the website in case you want to pop over there. Again, it's MeaningfulMemoryMaker.com. You can also find them on Facebook. Uh, they've got a group there, Movies and Music. Uh, same on Twitter or X, Movie and Music 2. And they also have a YouTube channel as well and an email. And I will have all of that in the, in the show notes for you. But let's go ahead and, and continue. So, Dorothy, I want to go to you and hear a little bit more about your caregiving experience with your mom. And um, you had mentioned a little bit about the about books. But can you talk in a little more detail? How did you choose what to send? And what was it like to get that book in your own hands? Oh, when I first saw it, I was really amazed. Um Picking out the pictures was actually very easy because, fortunately, my mom had a lot of very old photos from when she was a little girl, right on, you know, growing up. So I was able to take these pictures and turn them over to Lori, along with uh, descriptions of when they when the pictures were taken and who was actually in the picture, and she was able to make a storyline out of everything that I gave her. And um, from the time that my mom was just a little tiny girl until, you know, she went into assisted living. So it was really amazing. And what I, I have to mention, because you mentioned the pandemic before, having that book, when I couldn't get in to see my mother, because we weren't really allowed to go in, you know, we had to either sit you know, on one side of a, a window, she would be on one side, I would be on the other when, because they were in lockdown or else I had to stay six feet away from her. So when I couldn't go in to visit her, she had her book. And I think that was really a huge help right there. She had, you know, family with her, so to speak, because she could look at our pictures at any time she wanted. So mm -hmm. that was a big help, but yes, just, um, Picking out the, the pictures was the easy part. I mean, Lori was the one that had to sort through everything <laughs> and figure it all out. And she did a remarkable job, really. It, it came out. Uh, I was stunned when I saw it. And everybody who looked yeah. at it was really, really thrilled with it because it's it's such a beautiful book. Um, the Actually, this the next book, The Personal Family History, I did that for me. Um, because again, it goes back, not just my mom's story, but the whole family. And again, I just gave Lori more pictures of everybody basically in our family, along with the, you know, dates attached to them and this little bit of a, a description of it. And again, she was able to make a whole story out of it. It isn't just a scrapbook. It's, it's, uh, like the actual family history, the story. And um, she managed to put that all together. And it just, it came out very, very beautiful. If I don't know how well you can see this, but it's yeah. just, it really, I was just so glad that she was doing this because like I said, I don't know anybody in this area that was doing this. So 
you know, and now that my mom and dad have both passed away, it's like I've got these as keepsakes and can, you know, pass them on as well. So as a consumer, how easy was it for you to give Lori what she was asking for? It was actually very, very easy because uh, you can do all of it. Actually, I I took pictures and put them in the, the little iPhone and sent them that way or else loaded them onto the computer and just sent them to Lori. So it was not at all difficult to do. Do you have like text attached to different pictures then? I I put names um, on the the pictures. I would just like handwrite it underneath. I just put them all on a a piece of paper basically and then you know, write who who was in the picture and the date on the picture and then maybe a little bit of a blurb as to you know where we were what we were doing you know and and Lori just put it all together okay basically. and then she'd send it to me and just go over it and proofread it and you know she'd fine tune it and make a book out of it wow Lori how long does it take you to each book varies and it depends upon it depends upon how many pictures and it depends upon the timeline of the of the consumer and also my timeline. But um, all things being equal, I can probably get it done for you within a month. Okay. And what's, what's nice about the way that you can do it via MeaningfulMemoryMaker.com is you can upload all the pictures, as Dorothy said, to the website. And you can upload all any kind of documents that you want to send me to the website as long as they're digital, take them with your iPhone or your iPad and upload them to the website. And then I take them from the website and I organize them. And then I begin to tell the story, but I'm also with you every step of the way. If any questions that you have, every version that I come up with, is this right for you? Is this what you want to say? So you can, you can, call me you can text me you can email me throughout the entire process with questions and i'm uh, i'm there through the whole process imagine the pricing is going to vary depending on how big the book is and how many pictures and things the pricing for the the pricing for the about book is um pretty is pretty standard um it's $75 for the about book and $97 for the personal history. And the re- and most of that price is due to the effort. It's not necessarily that although past an, a certain number of pictures, I may charge a nominal fee for each additional picture, but um, mo- the pricing is mostly for the effort, the effort that it takes to put a quality product together. Well, and most of us are novices and we don't want to learn <laughs> that process. So, I mean, even though it's going to take you time, it's going to take us a lot more time if we start from scratch. Exactly. And many of us would give up and it wouldn't get done. If people yeah. want to order, let's say, a, a few books, do they get a discount at all if there's multiple books to give as gift to family members? Because I just think, oh, my gosh, that would be so cool. To be yeah. able to give to your kids and your grandkids as well. You can go to the website and there's um, discounts, um, I think, beyond two copies. Go to When you go to the website, MeaningfulMemoryMaker.com, and, and search for the 
the about books or the personal family history books, you'll see a page that tells you how much they are and the discounts for multiple copies. And I think once you get to six or seven copies, you have to call me. Wonderful. And yeah. then for um, the movies and music, is that specifically for communities or is that something families can purchase as well, just as a guide for, you know, maybe family movie night? Oh, I think it's for everybody. <laughs> When I when I wrote the original version in two, uh, I began movies and music as a project in 2008, and the original version came out in 2010, and it was specifically designed for clinicians in long term care because that's where I sat. Uh, but then in two in 2012, I decided to revamp it and make it accessible to everybody. So anyone can buy it on the website and there are tips for um in the beginning of each chapter there are there are tips for successful gatherings for families for clinicians and for teachers and so anybody can use it and it does make it does make a really nice family movie night especially if you have someone who has memory changes and you Again, I tell you where to start and stop the, the DVD, what questions to ask to garner the most communication, and just lots and lots of information about the movies themselves. So it's a very nice tool. For clinicians like Allison, I even give some tips about how to how to document. Yeah, right. And I all clinicians, I think, would appreciate that, right? Documentation is, is half of what we do sometimes. <laughs> right, yeah. right. And I rem- and one of the reasons that came about, if you'll allow me, is the fact that um, a, cl- a clinician who I showed it to, who was actually a very close friend at the time, said to me, well, this is really nice, Lori, but I, w- I don't know that I would use it because Medicare is not going to pay for showing movies. Mm-hmm. And I said, but that's not what it is. Right. It's not, it's, movies right. are the catalyst, but it's actually a language-based program. And if you know that it's a language-based program, then you can document in that way. And that's what inspired me to give you some ideas of how to do it. Yeah, that makes a, that makes a lot yeah. of sense. I could see this being wonderful, even in the, you know, the different schools, just testing it out or internships and things like that, yeah. for them to be able to see that other side. Because I think sometimes when we do the internships, they are very clinical based sometimes. And they don't have the kind of that fun engagement, like Allison was saying, you know, it kind of takes you by surprise that this method can be clinical and can be beneficial on that level, because it's something we all do. Naturally, we just don't understand what's happening. We don't think about what's happening when we do it in our day to day lives. And what the what the benefits are, we we know it makes us happy, and we kind of leave it at that. But we don't think of, I think, always applications to help remove the isolation uh, that so many people are feeling, especially our elders and those living with dementia. You know, as we as we age, and you know, you add the pandemic and the flu and all the other goofy bugs running around, you know, that, that uh, if people are kind of pulling back, uh, it, it becomes more and more important every day. Kudos to you for, 
you know, stepping into this space and powerful, powerful tool. I'd like to ask Dorothy in terms of reminiscence, if you're talking to other family members um, to encourage them to play with, with the reminiscence tools and things like this, what would you tell them to entice them to do that? Because I think I think sometimes people don't even understand it. I think sometimes people look at the word reminiscence and they're not even sure how to pronounce it, let alone, okay, I'm not going to learn about it. You know, I'll find something easier at times. And I think it's just such an important piece. So from one caregiver to another, what would you, what would you say to someone? It means so much to me to remember these things and having these pictures. It's one thing to have a box full of photographs you know and you just you can go through them it it's so disjointed that way but when you have it all put in one place and you have the storyline along with it it's so much easier to you know if there's more of a flow to it anybody can you know look through pictures and that and to me it makes more sense to have something like a book that you can, you know, start at the beginning and, you know, follow the life all the way through, all the way through to the end. But what would I say to someone? I'm not quite sure how to phrase it, but it's just take the pictures and things that are the most important to you that you like the most, that really give you a nice memory or a nice feeling and take it and, and put that aside and take you know, anything like that, put it all in one place. And to me, like I said, it makes more sense to have it all in a book where you can look at all of your favorite pictures and along with the story, because one of the problems that I found with a lot of our pictures is there are no names or dates on them. And when that happens, unless you have the person there to tell you, you know, what, who it is and where this was and when it was, you've lost that picture. So this way I've got the pictures. I've got them right now. And uh, that to me is most important. Yeah, I would agree with you. I, I, I'm thinking back to, you know, my dad had brain cancer. My mom had dementia and we had, we had some, photo albums you know but they were big and clunky they were we did the homemade ones you know yeah. that you had and they took up a ton of room and stuff could fall out of them you know at times and things and they were just a little cumbersome and then we ha- then we had the plastic bin full of photos that I remember yeah. having to go through you know when my parents passed and we I started doing it prior but there were so many pictures we didn't know who people were I had so much guilt over that. So I really recommend people go through that stuff earlier, organize it. I mean, because you can always make another book too. You can do a portion <laughs> of life and then, um, but just to have it in one spot that's condensed and simple in a friendly fashion to be able to review. And again, you can get stories. People can get comfort just from looking at the pictures, even if they're not able to talk anymore. I mean, you're going to, you're going to be able to see that in their body language and from the frayed pages, like you said, that are dog-eared in your book from your mom carrying that thing around that, that held great importance 
to her and probably grounded her in her life. And not only did she get joy, but you you got joy in other family members. So this is bigger than just the person you're doing it for. And I think sometimes people don't understand that whole legacy piece and how that ripples out um, with a with a product like this. Did you want to show us a dog-eared page or something? I saw the book flipping there. A little bit crumbled and and um, yeah. actually, yeah, it looks like some of the the pages. I tried to smooth them out. I've been <laughs> pressing it actually to try to get it straightened out again. But it just goes to show how much it meant to her that she kept it with her all the time and and used the book. It just didn't sit somewhere. She had it with her and she was looking at it. That's why it meant a lot. Allison, how about you? Any points you want to make for people to tap in? Even though I don't have one of those books and and I haven't had a direct experience with it, but what I see is that Lori takes a task that for me would be daunting to go through all the pictures, right? And to condense them and make them into a story, I think would be just amazing. Right. So I, who Thank wouldn't benefit from that? I think everybody has a plastic box, like what you were talking about, yeah. <laughs> the plastic box that no one wants to go through. So to have someone yeah. be able to sort that all out and, and put it, you know, in some meaningful way that tells a story, I think is wonderful. Well, and I think of just what a great gift this would be for elder law attorneys, even communities, you know, they spend so much money on marketing materials and pens and coffee mugs that it's like, okay, I don't really need another coffee mug filled with chocolates. (laughs) I came in. I mean, all of those little things, I mean, they're nice, but I'm not going to remember them as much as I would with a gift like this. Exactly. Exactly. And, uh, and I think that that kind of stuff is, is, important or our families are always looking at gifts to give. In fact, I'm going to mention this, Lori, I'm doing some shorts for Christmas gifts. And I'm going to mention um, these in there because I think it's people don't know this stuff exists. You know, they know that you can you can make a book, but it's like, oh, like Allison said, oh, that's a, that's yeah. a lot of work and I got no time or energy. And then I have to open up the plastic bin. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And so it gets shelved, you know. So um, pricing, you know, gosh, for under 100 bucks, that's like a no-brainer to be able to have your family story, you know, yeah. put together. And the, um, the, the nice thing about the way that I do it versus the way another company might do it, because there are companies nationally that will do family history books, hardcover books for you. But in my, in my recent research, those books take a year to compile. And um, that's an awful lot of time to wait. So in my view, if you just can give me particularly for the family history book, if you can just give me about a hundred pictures, a hundred of your favorite, because there are pictures and pictures and pictures and book and photo albums galore. I probably have a hundred photo albums in three closets in my, in my house, but I don't want to, I don't want to have to look through 
all of those books to find my favorite pictures. So pick out a hundred of your favorites that tell your family's story from one perspective or the other and help and give me some information and I'll help you write your story and I can have it done for you in a month. So there's that too. So there may be other people that do it, but I do it a little bit differently. And as Dorothy mentioned, she's not, and I'm not aware either of anyone who does the about book the way that I do it, because the about book not only has the story, but it also has tips and tricks for taking care of um, someone who is losing communication skills and can't tell you what they want and what they want, what they need and what makes them happy. And part of the about book is that this is what makes me happy. And if you do this for me, we will get along a whole lot better. I think the thing that's important too, really in, in summarizing what you said is you get this population, you get this niche, you understand the needs physically, emotionally, and those of the, the care partners as well. And when you go to a regular, let's put a book together, it's very generic. It's fill in the blanks. We'll send it to you and you can maneuver where you want things. But to have that insight and to have someone who really, I, I think, who really cares about telling the story makes a big difference. Thank you. Any last minute comments that anybody wants to say anything that we missed? I just have I just have one other thing I wanted to say and in dementia care we've been t- spending a lot of time uh, talking about reminiscence of course but the one of the other reasons why I like reminiscence so much is because it meets the person that you're working with where they are there is no cognitive load for them because their memories are their own and it doesn't matter whether they're right or wrong they're their memories. And when you do reminiscence activities with them, you're meeting them where they are and you're building that communication bridge because they can communicate about what they know and what they know is what they were. Exactly. That's a that's a wonderful, wonderful point to make. You know, we always say, um, you know, step into their world and that world is your world. But I think it also teaches us joy in a different fashion. And I think it, I I don't think people understand sometimes when we're doing something like reminiscing with someone, we, we, we put it in a place where I'm doing it for them, but there's really gifts back to you in participating and facilitating that. You can have some very joyful, meaningful moments. And and those are the things that are going to stick with you. And sometimes they're very, very small and just seconds long, you know, as as the disease progresses. But I know for me, they're the most powerful, Um, even like with my mom, with those little videos we did. And my audience has heard this from me a few times, but I, I don't think I can say it enough. I can have like one of my worst days and I'll go watch one of those videos and life is good. You know, it's just that simple presence of joy and feeling connected, that sense of gratitude that you you have for your family. You know, it's important stuff. Absolutely. But I think for staff, too, they don't get enough moments of joy. That's they don't true. get enough moments of connection because we have forced them to be so task-oriented. So this is, this is mm-hmm. healthy and a good thing for everybody on multiple levels. Yeah. And 
And I think we have to get back to caring for people at that level. <laughs> and, and I think we've, we've sidestepped that a lot lately. Yeah. And try to remember that the person you're caring for isn't just the lady in 102A. She's yep. Virginia <laughs> or exactly. she's Alice. Yeah, that, no, yeah. that's very, very important. Well, in wrapping up, ladies, I want to say thank you so much for being with us. We've been talking about meaningful memory makers. And Lori is the founder of that. Allison is a speech and language pathologist. And Dorothy cared for her mom. And each has given us such great examples in terms of the importance of reminiscent therapy and how it can be used and and the different products that are available to you um, if you're a family member or a professional. So I always ask my listeners to be a giver of hope. Like, click, and share this show. Pass it along. You know, don't keep the nuggets to yourself. You don't know who in your sphere um, needs this information because this is not a topic that is openly talked about. People don't talk about struggling with caring for another one if it's if it's professional or if it's a family member. And we need to get these services, products, and tools out to them. And you can be a catalyst to to help launch that and get the information people need into the right hands. So again, I appreciate you joining us and in, in being a giver of hope uh, in doing that. Again, we have all of the website and social media and email information in the show notes. So you can find that there. And I want to wish you all a wonderful holiday season and and maybe some of you are thinking, I got to get this book, you know, and I can, you know, she probably can't rush everybody's, you know, to get you out before Christmas. So just to forewarn you, but gift giving and giving joy and creating legacy is something we need year round. So it doesn't have a drop dead date for the holidays, guys. Um, keep that in mind. Again, one last thing I want to mention, check out alzheimerspeaks.com and pass on all those free educational resources that we have. And if you're inclined, go ahead and purchase Betty the Bald Chicken. Bye, everyone. Hi, this is Suzanne Newman, host of the Answers for Elders podcast and radio show. We are the North Star that guides you through the complicated journey of senior care with trusted experts in money, law, living solutions, and more. So join us on this station, your favorite podcast channel, or just go to AnswersForElders.com. Meet the Wayshowers who will help your journey a lot easier.